Do you have aspirations to be a leader in your business or organization? Welcome to Leadership Stars with your host, Linda Patton. Each week, we feature true leaders recognized in their fields who provide insight and ideas in creating a strong team and how you can become an effective leader. Now, here is Linda Patton. Welcome to today's episode of Leadership Stars. I'm so glad to be here. And I'm going to start out with a question for you. Can you have a career and contribute? Well, the guest we have on today says a definite, resounding yes. Do you feel like you don't have time to volunteer? Or you have a vague notion of wanting to contribute, but really don't know where to start besides writing a check? From a longtime volunteer, civic activist, and nonprofit founder, you'll learn how to bring more meaning and purpose into your life and your business and a really different take on the definition of catalyst for change. Let's welcome my very, very favorite guest and a very dear friend, Betty Ann Green, to the show. Betty Ann, welcome. Thank you, Linda. I am so thrilled to be here with you. Well, it's been so much fun working with you, being a friend, learning your story, and just having a great time. We're having a great time together. No question. We are. So, Betty Ann, uh, you know, something I usually start my guests off with is, hey, tell us about your background. Tell us where you came from, how you got to where you are today, and then we'll go from there. Well, we could really go back from my background. My birth name is Proctor, so I'm related to the witches in Salem, but I guess we'll I guess we won't do that today. <laughs> oh, I love it. We, we could do a whole show on that. Very true, very true. Uh, so I grew up in Massachusetts, and um, my interest was art and writing, and it was a matter of, gee, how do I do those things and where do I go with those things? And I ended up with a degree in public communications, which brings all that together. Uh, I've been in marketing communications, you know, 30 blah, 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 mumble years. <laughs> um, in one form or another, pretty much everything, everything besides television, started out in magazines. Um, so uh, in the last 13 years, I've been living in California and really did a deep introspective dive into what was most important to me. And what came up is it's the message that matters that for us to, for we entrepreneurs, women, business owners to really thrive in our businesses, we really, we have to have a, an impactful, authentic message to connect with the people who need us and whom we need to serve. So that's been the basis of my business of heart to heart marketing these last, uh, I guess, 10 years, no, eight years. Eight years. Yes. Okay. And we've been together for what, four? Yeah. 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 And, it's, and it's been really exciting. And we've got some really great stuff coming out in 2019 uh, that, mm-hmm. that I owe a lot to you. So I thank you so very, very much for being a part of my life. Well, I so appreciate that. And it's just a big piece of partially of my, uh, my passion to help other people on their journeys for change. So, yeah, it's been really wonderful. So, one of the things that we talked about before the show started was the fact that being a catalyst for change really parallels your background and and some of this, the interesting things that you've done. Could you define for the audience, what is a catalyst for change? Sure. What I was thinking about in that wonderful, your wonderful theme for this month, I, I love the term catalyst for change. Yeah. We often see that as a person, like... Um, Malala or, you know, Martin Luther King or Nelson Mandela. And 
I think of it differently, um, perhaps in the spirit of what you work with, Linda, with the reluctant yeah. leader. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't think we wake up in the morning and go, gee, um, I think I'll lead something today. <laughs> <laughs> or, gosh, I really want to catalyze something today. It, it just doesn't work that way, I think, usually, typically. Usually, or rather, uh, there is some kind of triggering event or, you know, seminal moment that sets everything in motion for us. So, for example, and I, I, as I've been mulling with this, which has been so fun, I've got three different aspects of this. But the first one is that defining moment. Something happens. Uh, and I think the most obvious example for me is perhaps because I used to live in Newtown, is the Newtown shootings, the mm-hmm. Sandy shootings. You know, one moment the parents are having a regular day and the world is their oyster, and then suddenly the world has shifted many, many degrees. And those amazing parents got called, you know, to take a lead and make change. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, and then there are, there are others that I would love to go into. It just, probably three things came up for me as far as, as what, you know, triggering or catalysts for change. So there are events, not necessarily people, to my mind. I think that's very, an interesting approach to that. And I think you're probably right um, that, Yes, you could have a, a a really charismatic man like Martin Luther King, or some charismatic women as well, uh, who started the uh, women's right to vote movement or the women's movement for that matter. And you know, you you think of them when you think of that type of movement. But I agree with you. I think many, many, many of our movements have been started because. Of a, of a moment. You look at the Me Too movement, and I would be willing to say that the bulk of the women who are part of that um, have had either a sexual assault or harassment or something, excuse me, and that was their defining moment for stepping forward and banding with other women who have experienced the same thing. Um, I had CJ Scarlett on last week, and her book uh, about badass girls came from uh, uh, several um, assaults and harassments. And she said, I don't want my daughter, uh, I don't want other daughters to ever have to experience that. I want them to know how to outwit predators. And so she wrote her book based on that. So I, th- I think you're right. I think many of our movements, uh, the individuals that I had on with autism, she started her movement because her daughter was diagnosed with autism. So I I think you're right. I think many times um, being a catalyst of change has to do with a defining moment. And it's just a question of what it is and when it actually percolates to the top to a point where you go, I can't stand this anymore. I have to do something. Exactly. Exactly. Wouldn't you say that sometimes you, know, you have these defining moments and you kind of go on with life and then something else happens and you go, okay, now I have to do something with it? Yes, yes. I think that can be certainly true. Uh, well, and an interesting point around that is what our mindset is about contributing or mm-hmm. volunteering or leading or being a change agent, any one of those two terms. Uh, I think it has to do with our mindset around that. Whether we're used to volunteering, I grew up in a volunteer-directed family. I never realized that 
till I was in my 30s that, wow, what a gift I received. So I think there's a mindset piece to that as well. And you're right. Sometimes, as some people say, the universe hits us with a two by four. <laughs> we get to that point where, okay, I'm being called. I need to make this choice to move forward. And some of us don't make the choice. Yeah, I think that's uh, well. And, and you look at some of the uh, women in the Me Too Me uh, movement and they were harassed and abused years ago and put up with it as part of the Hollywood um, genre that this is just how you lived your life um, and it and it it came to a point where they couldn't take it anymore and had to step up and step out and and be vocal about it right yes that's so true and um, well, being of a certain age where um, I was in a society where we weren't speaking out mm-hmm. for small acts of sexual harassment all the time, and I am clearly a Me Too person as well from an experience I had once, but at the time, so my point is that I also think that the times call us up, uh, mm-hmm. depending on what the times are, to stand up. Uh, and we are totally, we are completely in that time now. So that that's not, no, this is not okay anymore. You know, it used to be part of the fabric, the whole idea of subtle harassment and actual sex, sexual assault. And we didn't feel we had a voice. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, and then too, you put yourself into situations like in the military, um, long ago and far away, where women were not necessarily valued in the military. Uh, we were, you know, a whole separate core and that kind of thing. And so when you when you stepped into, as the men would say, a real post, uh, there there was this sort of um, background where you know women were seen as objects and not um, as necessarily a contributing person in the organization I remember get actually getting out and having my first interview with a gentleman and you know we were we were sharing about my experiences in the military he said you know come on tell me really why did you go into the military what, what was what what were you really doing there and I I knew where he was going he wanted to know didn't I go in just to, to have sex and the answer was no I actually went in to learn how to lead people and to be able to do it like right away and not have to you know come up through the ranks and that kind of thing and he was he he just thought it was really funny that you know I would have joined the military and not had that as an objective to one find a husband or two find a sexual partner and I was like nope that wasn't my motivation although I did meet my husband there um (laughs) That did soften your argument a little bit, even. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, and and he wasn't like any of the other men I I met. I mean, there was a sense of um, almost elitism. Like I I'm a man in the military, and you're just a woman, and so you'll do whatever I tell you to do. And oh, by the way, I have rank, and therefore you have to do what I what I tell you to do. And that's just it's wrong, just totally wrong. That's the piece that you shouldn't have to say. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Well, and what I think is also true and what I know of you and, and so many other examples um, of strong women taking leadership roles is that, yes, you're given that set of um, social mores or point in history or whatever it might be. Sometimes it's connected with one's looks, you know, all those different factors that suppress us, I, I'd have to say, yet we still have a choice 
to stand out as much as we can within that context. Um, one of the people that comes to mind just pops into my head right now is Diane Feinstein, mm-hmm. where severe dress, you know, suits and, and being very methodical. And some of my more liberal friends would say, ah, she didn't do enough. Well, I think she did a lot in the context of what she was, you know, putting herself in a place to communicate where she could be heard, where she could be accepted and heard and have impact. We can't always be radical. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and all of us, I mean, I, I worked at, at a bank at the time. We all dressed like her. It was like, ooh, okay, this this will get us ahead. This will get us recognized if we have the fluffy bow and, you know, the, the suit and all of that. So um, she very much influenced a generation, um, at least here in San Francisco, with what she did in order to be heard and to be recognized and to get her agenda moved through um, the, the city council. Yeah, and I think it's an important point for people in terms of how do we contribute. Um, so as I said before, being brought up in a volunteer, I have a funny story about this actually, but uh, to be brought up in a house of volunteers, I didn't realize that. Um, when I got to college, I wanted to change the world. And uh-huh. I, to, I didn't want to be famous, like be Jesse Jackson or whatever, Gloria Steinem, but I was very impatient. And I wanted to do everything, and I, you know, protested the um, building of a nuclear power plant, and I worked for the Ralph Nader organization, and I was working on the ERA and all of those things. And I think that was great, and that was the period of time, and it was very, very good for me. As I got a little older, it was a matter of saying, okay, I do not need to necessarily sacrifice my life. I can make small changes <laughs> every day, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Small, especially with two little kids and a husband who travel a lot, it was like, what can I do today <laughs> to contribute? So I do think there's a continuum there, you know, of uh, what, how we can take our current environment, how we can take our passions, how we can take our skills, and just do something meaningful with them uh, that take us out of our little personal silos. You know? Absolutely. And I, I think volunteering is just a really key aspect to get into a movement and to, to sort of see how it, it's working rather than, as you said, jumping in and founding a foundation and you know doing all sorts of other things. That spirit of volunteerism, the mindset that um, volunteering is good and it's something that you know um, moves movements forwards and you create connections that way uh, that can be very, very powerful. Um, so we, we're talking about mindset and we talk about leaders and volunteers are not necessarily born, but they often grow into that mindset as, as opposed to, well, even in your case, you didn't recognize the fact that your family was in that mindset. So why is that true? Why, why do we not, why are we not born with it? Well, I believe that, um, we're not born with a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> true. Sure. Yeah, but we're, we're born, born with a lot of potential, obviously, and a lot of abilities to choose. We're born with volition, which is an incredible gift. Uh, and I don't know, it was something that I took for granted. I just didn't have that idea or, or that, that I thought everybody volunteered. It really hit me, frankly, when I worked for a nonprofit in Berkeley. And here we were, I'll be really honest, privileged leaders most mm-hmm. point, saying, why don't these punk parents come out and come to the meetings and, and this kind of thing? And many of them were working three jobs. Many of them didn't grow up with that power and authority feeling to actually volunteer. Um, 
there was, you know, the authority is over there and I'm just in my little quiet place here. For my parents, they were uh, activists and they didn't head anything, but they did take the lead. Oh, actually, you would like this, Linda. I know you've talked about Girl Scouts. My yeah. mother, yes, my mother was a Girl Scout leader. She became a trainer of leaders. Oh, my, wow. Yeah, my parents built a Girl Scout camp. That was the kind of thing they did. And it was just, you know, second nature for me. Uh, And the funny story, actually, I'd I'd like to tell you is that, um, so it was in their own lives. It's just, I see a problem. I'm going to solve it. You know, I'm going to do what I can. Uh, So my mother was um, actually at home. I'm one of five kids and I'm the youngest. I was in fifth grade at the time which becomes kind of important. And mm-hmm. my father traveled. So she volunteered at the hospital as uh, those candy stripers. And she would also visit members of her church. They had a list and she would, you know, visit them when she was mm-hmm. done. So she visits a woman who's in the hospital. She is about to have a baby. She is about to have open heart surgery. She has a severe curvature of the spine and she's mentally retarded. Oh, she wow. has the brain level of uh, the capacity level of a third grader. She has a husband who's also mentally challenged and they think that neither mother and child are going to live because she's going to have the surgery. So as wonderfulness would have it, they both lived. Now we had this little baby and a mother that needed a lot of time in the hospital and recovery. So my mother knew the doctor. She was visiting this woman every day and she knew the doctor. Upshot of the short story is she brought home the baby Oh, wow. Okay. And Betty Ann, I'm going to have to hold you right oh, there. Yes, and, of course. Yes, that's, that is a terrific story. And, <laughs> and I love your mom. Um, so audience, let's think about, you know, where are you volunteering today? Do you have that volunteer spirit? Do you know what passions you have that you could step into a group and really give them the benefit of your leadership? And we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you left your corporate or military career to start your own business? Are you frustrated that you're not seeing the success you expected as an entrepreneur? Let leadership expert Linda Patton show you the key skills and mindset you need to engage your team, build your influence, and create the thriving business of your dreams. Linda Patton understands the challenges and frustrations facing a new business owner. Drawing from her own 40 years of experience in the military, corporate, government, and entrepreneurial arenas. That's why it's become Linda's life work to help women like you truly become the world-changing, extraordinary leaders you are meant to be. Are you ready to step in, step up, and step out into leadership to create an exceptional business and life? Start by scheduling a free 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at Dare to Lead with Linda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, leadwithlinda.com. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. 
Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Linda at daretoleadwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back. And I have the incomparable Betty Ann Green on the show with me today. And what I love about Betty Ann is that she has a really unique business model in the fact that she has an ongoing relationship with her clients so that both of us can deep dive together to craft messages, to formulate a content marketing strategy, and to consistently deliver a message that matters, where it matters, and how it matters. Welcome back, Betty Ann. Thank you so much, Linda. Well, we've been talking about the volunteer mindset and the fact that oftentimes um, folks are so focused on just staying alive and just making it through the day, the week, the month, the year, that the thought of volunteering is probably the farthest thing from their mind. Um, And they wouldn't necessarily even know how to do that. And yet you founded a nonprofit community organization that's now in its 16th year. It tell is. Us, yeah, tell us how you did that. Well, uh, I was living in Shaker Heights, Ohio. I've lived there for 15 years. And in uh, and I was, I was an activist. <laughs> I was very yes. in the community, women's community, uh, um, League of Women Voters, Women's Community Foundation. I illustrated, I was illustrating then and doing marketing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I illustrated for the community magazine, et cetera, et cetera. So I was well placed in the Shaker Heights community. It's a, an entering suburb of Cleveland, and it's a fascinating city. It's incredibly diverse racially and definitely in socioeconomic level. And it's something they take seriously as a community around those issues. So uh, in, I guess it was 2002, they were in the process of economic revitalization. The downtown was getting, um, was dying, you know, empty mm-hmm. storefronts. They were, so um, the mayor and a couple of city council members got together and said, you know, why don't we bring some citizens in for some community, um, you know, volunteer run type of organization and my name came up. 
Uh, so that was uh, catalyst number one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And it, it wasn't in a momentous, you know, trauma moment or anything. It was just a dovetail of everything that was important to me. Mm-hmm. So I said yes. And um, my this woman I had never met before who was also named said yes. And we decided very quickly in our conversations that um, – we wanted to build an arts council because Shaker Heights had was known for its patronage and for its performers in the arts. I mean, Grammy Award winner musicians and authors and all this kind of thing. And the idea was, uh, our, our tagline came up very soon. The idea was building community through the arts, building the arts through the community. So it was the idea for me, particularly around the arts, all of them, being a common language for everyone, you know, no matter where you are in the community or economic status or wherever you are, we can all speak through the arts. So it's a huge community builder. Also is an economic driver. The arts as an industry are an economic driver. So all of that came together and um, I don't know, I just said yes. (laughs) 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 And you were just recently honored in Shaker Heights, weren't you? Well, yeah, well, yes, we, uh, so <laughs> as I moved away, uh, and so it's in, you know, wonderfully capable hands, definitely, they're, they're rocking and rolling still, and so yes, last year was the 15th anniversary, so they brought back the other woman, the founder I, I spoke of, and myself, um, and the mayor at the time, to be honored at the 15th anniversary, and wow, what a love fest, it was really <laughs> That's, <laughs> that's spectacular. So were, were you putting on like plays and concerts and art shows as well as encouraging maybe art classes, that kind of thing? Is that what the foundation does? No, actually, we took a different tack because um, there are plenty of art galleries and programs like that. Mm-hmm. What our goal was to um, offer free um, opportunities for people to join together in the arts. So, um, well, uh, actually, my number two that I was thinking about, maybe it's a good time to bring that up. Sure. That once this starts, and there is the, the second catalyst for change, in my opinion, is that one thing, that project, you know, time to put the pedal to the metal and do something. And it makes the cause real, you know. It also gives you something that you can point to, to talk to others, to build a relationship. Because, you know, many of us say these grassroots groups, oh, I have this great idea and we sit around and talk about it and we do policies and we get our 501c3, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And we haven't done anything yet. So our first project was um, the uh, storefront windows project. And the idea was with the economic revitalization, with all those empty storefront windows in the shopping areas, it, the, right. They looked awful on the <laughs> one hand. On the other, and nobody was going to those places except the grocery store and the hardware store anymore. On the other side, um, we had this plethora of people in the arts. The concertmaster for the Cleveland Orchestra lived in our city, you know, mm-hmm. um, curators for the art museum, all of that. So the Windows Project, our concept was to, pretty simple, deceptively simple, was to invite artists to submit a photo of them their bio, we blew up the photo to, you know, sort of a, I don't know, four by six, five by seven Mm -hmm. foot poster with the bio underneath. And we hung them in the store windows. 
So as you were walking along, it was beautifying the area. You got to see who your um, you know, fellow citizens were, and it promoted the artists. It was just a win, 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 win situation. So that was the project we started with um, to, uh, you know, to get the organization going. And we were able to talk, reach out and talk to the artists and tell other people what we were doing. So that was the start. That's pretty impressive. It was pretty fun. Pretty fun. Yeah. And it was a no-brainer. I think when you're also when your concept is clear, um, you know that you just get a lot of ideas. So, well, I think many of our communities here, like Oakland and and wherever they they are doing something. I, I want to say something similar in the fact that they're showcasing their artists on walls, um, under bridges, um, and that kind of thing. And and they're doing massive artwork but it's really impressive and you know again as you said it brightens up the space we get to honor the artist and the the movement or whatever it is that they're they're drawing about and i find them very inspiring i don't know about you oh i adore them well i live in jack london square yes if anyone knows jack london square i walk out my door and it is yes there's art everywhere it's it is really really exciting um yeah and this was a way to do it for this bedroom community they weren't you know hepped up on painting murals on walls (laughs) it wasn't a city but you're right you're right and it and you know in another piece of that linda that you're speaking of in oakland and so many other cities are the outdoor festivals Mm. Again, we walk out our door and there's something happening all the time. The other big thing that we did in the Arts Council along those lines was the Summer Solstice Festival. Mm. It was free. It had a a diversity of music. That's what was so important. African storytelling, drummers, arts and crafts, all of those things. And the first year, I guess that would have been in 2003, I think, we had, I don't know, 350 people, something like that, free, had to be free, Mm -hmm. and grew to over 10,000 in five years. Wow. Yeah, that was a real pride and joy, free, you know, for, and that was the real building community through the arts idea. Uh, So those are the kinds of things that we did. The latest, very exciting thing that's happening on the 24th is, and I, you know, have nothing to do with it, but... (laughs) Is it is the uh, you know the beauty of um, the Arts Council now and the way it's going is um, wait I want to just actually get this correct and share it. Um, it's called Conversations in Courage, and it is a documentary that the Arts Council, the Shaker Arts Council, collaborated on of, a, of, of an imaginary conversation with Dr. Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, and the time that he visited. Dr. King visited uh, Shaker Heights in the 60s. So that's the kind of thing that was never, by the way, Linda, necessarily in my imagination in 2002 or in my co-founders, but that's the other beauty of change. So many things are happening with the Arts Council that are, you know, are going the way it ought to go. And uh, we hadn't thought about the different things that we could be accomplishing. So that was very rewarding. So uh, the conversation, is, is this something that was filmed or is this something that, that individuals were acting or what? There were two aspects of it. One is a play that had already existed, and I do not know the name of the playwright, which was this conversation with Dr. King and Malcolm X. And then and that was produced, I think, in February of this year. It was mm-hmm. produced by, or not reproduced, but reenacted uh, by, um, anyway, a wonderful person that I won't get into now. Okay. 
so I get excited about this. Um, and then that led to a documentarian coming forward saying, hey, I've got this other project. And then it looks like Metro Health Systems came in to support it, mm. uh, other people supporting it. Um, there are leaders in um, the Shaker community who are going to, who are in it, going to be speaking. It's really quite exciting. So um, it's being presented, um, yeah, it's being presented this week. That's phenomenal. I think it's very interesting because King and Malcolm X had um, almost a divergent look at what the civil rights movement could be. Malcolm X was more on the militant side and that, and King wanted it to be nonviolent. Um, and I, I can imagine that that conversation could be very rich um, in looking at the differences and the commonalities between the two, because they had a common goal. It's just they had a different methodology as to how they were going to go about doing it, right? Exactly. And and that was the fascinating piece. I saw pieces of the play. I've never seen the entire play. Mm-hmm. And if anybody wants to know what it is, they can certainly contact me and I'll do that research. But that's exactly it. And And what an amazing piece to have two people acting as those characters, you know, in history right in front of you on the stage. So it's been exciting. Yeah, so those are the kinds of things. Um, Yeah, and and what's interesting is I've also heard that the the play Hamilton is also something that will change your world, which I find very interesting. Oh, I haven't been yet to myself. It sounds like you haven't either, but I I, get it. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, And, by the way, of course, uh, they had no idea that it was going to go, the, the originators of that. You know, again, they were called. There was some many catalysts to uh, for Lin Manuel to, you know, I'm trying to think of his entire name out. Uh, you know, to really launch this workshop idea, and had no idea it would be the phenomenon that Hamilton's been. Yes. So that's what happens when we do our little piece in our little piece of the world. Um, and so, Betty, in in the last few minutes of this segment, um, how did you build the relationships that you needed in order to have this? movement grow, the Art Council grow to where it is today, such that you had 10,000 people in 2008 at your summer solstice event, and I'm sure it's grown since then, but how did you grow it? How did you really get it to um, you know, be the success that it is today? What were the relationships? What were the relationships? I would say, <laughs> I would say the biggest thing that we did uh, was to begin to talk about the Arts Council as if, uh, as if it already existed. That's what I would see. And, and it was helpful, I have to be honest, it was helpful that I was, I'm a marketer and, a, and an um, artist. Mm-hmm. So, I created, so immediately in my own you know, house, I created an, uh, a logo. I you know, printed off a business card for my printer. We had a case statement. Very important to have a case statement. This is what we're about. And we just started talking about it. We just went out and started to talk about it with people um, as if, like, you know, I'm Betty Ann Green and I'm from the Shaker Arts Council. I'd like to talk to you about this window, you know, storefront project that we're doing. Um, Or, you know, how do you use the arts in your community? You know, all of those things. Did you know that Shaker, you know, the concert master of the Cleveland Orchestra lives down the street from you? Um, So it's that idea of as if we already exist. And I think that's very powerful. I, I kind of didn't know that at the time. It was happening organically. But uh, as we moved along, yeah, I, I think that's a big piece of it. We also looked at opportunities. It's sort of that third catalyst for change. Great segue, Linda. Thank you. You're welcome. 
(laughs) (laughs) The third catalyst for change that tells you you're going in the right direction is an opportunity pops up in front of you and you take it. And what that was was a new neighborhood revitalization grant that someone said, why don't you apply for that? And we did. And we won it for the window store storefront project. And that takes you on that next step. And then it just, you know, you just build from there. You just build from there. That's yeah, that's very impressive. It's like it's like when somebody gives you space so that you have a place for your movement. Um, I I remember in Tracy, they were saying one of the great things was when they received a gift of office space. And they could now, you know, take it out of somebody's garage and actually have a place where people could meet and come in and they could do their work, especially around elections and primaries and that kind of thing and be out, uh, you know, gather um, material and put it in bags so that they could take it out to the community and do uh, what they call a lit drop um, for the community as opposed to a sign up uh, nice. piece where they actually sign you know, get people to register f- for voting. Um, and it, it was, I have to tell you, it was a really powerful morning that I spent with them looking at their organization and how it worked and the joy that was there and how much they were, they'd come in, they'd get their education, they'd grab their bags and they were gone. And then when they were done, they came back and, you know, they reported on who they'd seen and everything else. It was just that joyous piece. And audience, I want you to think about uh, for this short break, um, where have you been that you've had that piece of joy um, come to fruition? You've done something, and afterwards you're just glowing with how fabulous it was and how it grew your movement. And we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Have you left your corporate or military career to start your own business? Are you frustrated that you're not seeing the success you expected as an entrepreneur? Let leadership expert Linda Patton show you the key skills and mindset you need to engage your team, build your influence, and create the thriving business of your dreams. Linda Patton understands the challenges and frustrations facing a new business owner. Drawing from her own 40 years of experience in the military, corporate, government, and entrepreneurial arenas. That's why it's become Linda's life work to help women like you 
truly become the world-changing, extraordinary leaders you are meant to be. Are you ready to step in, step up, and step out into leadership to create an exceptional business and life? Start by scheduling a free 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at Dare to Lead with Linda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, leadwithlinda.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Linda at daretoleadwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back. And I have, as, as I've said, the incomparable... Betty Ann Green on the show today. And Betty Ann is a content marketing strategist, which I just love. And she really helps us heart-centered business owners to give voice to the purpose behind our products through marketing messaging that matters to the marketplace, to our bottom line, and finally, and probably most critically, to making positive change in the world. And I can tell you that she has made my writing and my marketing a piece that is just so powerful. I, I, I'm in awe with what she does for me and for other people who are in my same situation. So, Betty Ann, welcome back. Wow. Thank you. My goodness. I'm humbled. <laughs> uh, uh, you are, I, I have to say, you are so good. Um, and I really uh, value everything that you do for me. Uh, and and the uh, I think what I love too is the the advice that you give, that it's not just um, you take a piece you you know play with it and whatever and you know we send it out. No, we we discuss, we talk about. Um, you know me and my business probably as well as I do, um, and I think that's what makes you extremely powerful and successful in the marketing that we do together. Thank you. I so appreciate that, Linda. And it really is the model that I um, designed. Uh, which, um, yeah, has really has really worked out. I, I have complete respect for marketers and and copywriters, and I don't want to do it the way they're doing it. <laughs> it, it, it I, I do not want to write copy or write material for people I've never met. Mm-hmm. And the idea that we're growing together, you know, you and I are growing together. I'm growing with my clients and helping them grow, and they're helping me grow. Wow, it's it's um it's precious. It's really precious to me. Well, and you you bring such a uh, a new look at material. I mean, I've been writing for five years now. Um, you know, between blogs and um, chapters of books, whole books, that kind of thing. And you, what I love is that you see something new in each piece that I don't necessarily see. It's like, well, this is an old story. Do we really need to tell this again? And, and you go, no, let's take it from this angle. And it's, it makes it a whole different story. And so it impacts a whole different set of people as I grow and as the business changes. Um, and I think that's one of the most powerful things that you do. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I think what happens 
for all of us, including myself, is that we're in the trenches in our business and in our passions and in our expertise. And um, this isn't an original phrase, but what I often say is, and we can't see the picture because we're inside the frame. Right. So what I provide is that um, maybe the user set of eyes or, um, but at least it's a fresh set of eyes uh, that that I I can see that the client can't because, right, because you're in it every single day. Um, So it is, it is a gift to be able to do that. Oh, yes, absolutely. And it's not not something I know I can do. Um, And that's, I think that's, again, what I appreciate about you. Plus, we have a great time. (laughs) So many, so many of the people that I've I've dealt with in marketing and whatever are so bloody serious. (laughs) It's like, come on, get it. You know, it's like, get out of your own head. Um, but you, as you said, you are, you've lost your mind and you're, so that you could gain your mind. Um, you know, yes, you have that masculine mind, um, you know, your intellect and your brain and that kind of thing, but you come from your soul mind, from your heart. And I think that's another thing that makes you very different. So how do you do that? <laughs> How do I do that? No idea. Uh, <laughs> well, what I will say is that, you know, it dovetails into our topic, actually, mm-hmm. is that um, we as business owners and entrepreneurs can make that choice to incorporate our heart into our business. It's no mistake that I named my business Heart to Heart Marketing when I started it. And I don't even lead with that name. It's as if I sort of sent it out to the ether somehow. But what I seem to attract are heart-centered business owners. And it doesn't mean they're doing, um, I don't know, typically heart-centered things. It's that they're bringing heart to it. Mm-hmm. I work with real estate agents, chiropractors. You know, I run. it runs the gamut. So when we bring our heart to what we're doing and we incorporate it into our business, um, actually, that's one way we're contributing. That's mm-hmm. one way we can balance the business and contributing. Um, so I don't know. That's how I do it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and we've talked in, in the past, too, about you know, jo- marrying the masculine and the feminine. Yes. That, you know, most, uh, this is the piece that I have to write for the book. Um, the masculine side is, is so much into organization, structure, strategy, competition, in some cases greed, um, and, and that power that's not necessarily um, a collaborative power, but, you know, being in, in, in power and being the top dog and that kind of thing. Whereas the feminine side has more of the heart, the collaboration, the empathy compassion, uh, creativity, and all of that. And it's how we bring both of those together because you need them both. I mean, I talk about a three-legged stool and you need vision, structure, and strategy in order for that stool to stand. And without that, you know, the the stool falls over and, and so does your business and what you're trying to do. So it's understanding how do we bring both of those together in such a way that, um, you bring the best of both to the table, right? Absolutely, yeah. Well, my approach to marketing is that um, I don't view it as the next shiny new object, that mm-hmm. it is analytics. If you want a lot of analytics, probably go use someone else or another aspect of marketing. My approach is there are, and I, you know, I've been around for 30 mumble mumble years doing this. <laughs> 
And what I have found, and I have a communications degree, so what I have found is there are basic solid principles that have been proven and researched and studied to death sometimes around communications, around human behavior, and around marketing principles. And those are what I stick with. And they are, they are, um, there are masculine aspects to that, I suppose, as mm-hmm. it were. But what I feel are the masculine ones that I steer away from is seeing a business as competitive mm-hmm. and how do I get ahead and how can I leverage the system and, you know, um, what can I use next and the analytics. And I think we get so wrapped up in that, we miss the message. We miss, think- we miss the message. And I that's, that's the goal. Yeah, I think that's so very true. And I love the fact that, uh, and it's the f- last step in my Awaken the Leader program is around the message. How do you preach that message? Mm-hmm. How do you bring that passion to it? Um, and you, you, you know, you need, you sort of need both sides, one for the organization, the other for that fire in the belly. Um, and how do I project that to the people that I'm, I'm bringing into my movement and that I want to uh, have be a part of it, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, and that requires its own balance. Mm-hmm. We are passionate as entrepreneurs or as movement makers, change makers, activists. We, again, it's we're in, definitely inside the picture. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're oh, inside yes. that passion picture. And not everybody out there is there. Mm-hmm. We need to connect the dots for them. So that's the work I do with businesses. The work I, I've worked, I don't really work with nonprofits too much anymore, but I have for many, many, many years. And that's the connect the dots piece. So it's really viewing that that listener, that person you want to influence, you want to build a relationship with, you want to have alliance with, you want to sell to, and to connect those dots for them. Perfect. And Betty Ann, you have a free gift for our audience, that audience you're going to want to get. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I do. Um, it's, a, it's a free consult. And... It's a for on anything that you wish to speak with, uh, speak about in terms of your content marketing, your messaging, your branding message, whether you're in a nonprofit or whether you've got a change idea or whether you're a seasoned business person. I love to talk content marketing <laughs> and messaging. So I would love to speak with you. Uh, and it's a one hour cons- consult in any area you want. What I'd like you to do is just email me and just mention Linda Patton's show and we'll schedule something. Okay, and her email is Betty Ann at heart, the number two heart marketing.com. And I'll tell you, that 45 minutes will be the best time you've spent on your business in at least five years. Um, absolutely. Thank you. Yes. Um, I, I know I, I love the fact that when we sit down and have coffee, because I get so many great ideas from our conversations. And yeah, I, I, I do. It's just you're amazing, um, and you also you also feed off me. So you know, it's really great that you ask the right questions to get me to tell you. Um, and I go, wow, I didn't even think about that until you know you ask the question, and that's that's a skill, that's a an art that you have. Thank you so much. Well, actually, on that score, I'd say the same about you. <laughs> You're really excellent at it in your in your business as well, um, and it is important, isn't it? It is. It's very important, um, mm-hmm. you know, to to bring people along and and to really have them walk away going, "Wow, I got so much out of this." So, Betty, and we're we're heading sort of towards the end of the show, um, and so I wondered, give us three great tips. 
um, that our audience can walk away with and really start working with? Sure. Well, I think I will. Uh, recap what I said in a floating <laughs> way yes. in the course of this conversation, and it is uh, be open to the catalysts for change that are in front of you. And the first one is that defining moment. Where is it that it's that experience in your past or that dovetail of a lot of experience that calls you to say, oh, okay, this needs me now. This is mine to do. Uh, the second is that... Start with a project. Once you've had that, this is mine to do. Uh, start with a project, something that is tangible, that you and everyone else around you can put, you know, um, to have that line in the sand. And the third is to be open to that next opportunity. It's almost that tipping point. Don't miss it. That tipping point that's going to take your movement or your cause or your volunteer, whatever it is for you, to that next level. Those are fantastic. And I think I'd add to that just a little bit is is to look out, in other words, not have si- not silo and not be uh, so insular, but look out and see, is there anyone else doing this? And if so, how can I collaborate with them in such a way that we can we can really rock this movement? I think that's one of the things that that almost worries me is that we have all of these little movements that are out there doing stuff, be it clean water, food, homelessness, seniors, um, meals for kids in school, whatever it might be we're not necessarily looking at what else is going on in the community and how can we work together to make that happen. So audience, I would encourage you, if you've got that kernel of an idea of a change that you want to see happen, get involved with who else might be doing this and see how you can dovetail and really make it grow. And Betty Ann, I'd like to thank you so very much for being with us today. It's been a joy as always to have you here. Thank you so much, Linda. I really enjoyed it as well. And audience, again, I would like you to connect with me at by email at Linda at Dare, the number two lead with Linda.com. And we can talk about Awaken the Leader as well as the Art of Hurting Cats, leading teams of leaders. And until next week, remember, be courageous, dare to lead. See you then. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Stars. Please join Linda Patton for another engaging edition of our program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll feature another noted leader next week. 